0: Hello and welcome to Money Tips Daily. This is Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money. Well, a lot of people ask me whether they should be investing in various things like do you think property is a good investment at the moment, shares, or even things like bitcoins. Um, now, these are also known as cryptocurrencies uh, because bitcoins is just one of a range of cryptocurrencies. Now my answer is always pretty much the same. I ask, I answer things like, "Well, do you understand X, Y, Z, or do you understand cryptocurrency?" And the answer is normally, "No, I don't really understand it." Then, "Well, why would you invest in something you don't understand?" And that brings me on to my first rule of investment: invest in things you understand. I mean, that's a basic, isn't it? But you wouldn't believe how many people just go out and invest in things, or buy a share, or just maybe on a tip buy something that they've got no clue what it's all about and the same things happening with with bitcoins now obviously a lot of people have made a fortune in bitcoins who got in early uh maybe when they bought them when they were ten dollars or something and now they're several thousand dollars but uh, i i i don't know um it's not something that i fully understand um you know i do understand property i understand stocks and shares a share you're buying a share in a company it's an asset I understand a little bit about pensions and things like uh, unit trusts, mutual funds, that sort of thing. But I don't fully understand cryptocurrencies. I don't fully appreciate what they're for or how they're going to be used in the future. Maybe they will be the next big thing, but um, it's not something that I fully understand. So I'm not going to go out and buy cryptocurrencies until such time as I, you know, maybe educate myself or find out more about them. Uh, but all I can see is that they're quite volatile um, And therefore, I would would count them as a high-risk investment, not to sort of uh, risk your shirt on, as it were. Now, my second rule is to invest in real assets. This is my rule. It's not telling you what to do or advising you, but it's my own rule. I like to invest in real assets. Now, these are the same real assets that your pension fund will be invested in. You know, they they are unlikely that they're going to invest in uh, futures or uh, cryptocurrencies, anything speculative, uh, they invest in real assets. Now, assets can be bricks and mortar, physical assets such as property, gold, or silver. Uh, assets can also be a share in a company. It could be an online asset such a, as a website. Uh, a website can produce money. It can, you know, it can produce. It can be a business in itself, a website, or it could be a database of of clients that that is an asset that can be mined as it were. Um, so assets don't necessarily mean, you know, what your, your granddad used to say, invest in bricks and mortar. Assets can be all sorts of things, but I wouldn't carry class a currency as an asset in the same way as property, uh, as especially something like a Bitcoin. Now many people do trade in currencies of course, it's a, it's a huge business, the Forex market is a huge business. Uh, people trade in the ups and downs of currencies not something i do but many companies and people buy them as a hedge against currency movements for instance if you're trading in dollars and you need to buy or or you do business in dollars but you're a uk-based company you may need dollars to buy uh, raw materials oil for instance Um, and so when you you to to uh, smooth out the ups and downs of currencies you might go out and buy a, a tranche of dollars at, at any one particular time now I've also bought currencies sometimes such as the dollar when when they're cheap I know that when the pound is 180, 190 uh, or £2 against the dollar that's always a good time to buy a few hundred or a thousand dollars just as a holiday thing really uh, because I, I, I know that they tend to peak at that period Uh, And and now I think it's it's uh, it's quite low at the moment. But um, I I did buy dollars when they're up in in the high ranges, but not, you know, not fortunes. I mean, I'm not George Soros or something, you know, uh, trying to break the pound. Um, But I do buy them just 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 as a holiday thing for fun. I'll also buy euros from time to time because I know I'm going to need them at some stage. Uh, But that's as far as I don't consider, you know, buying a currency as an asset as such. It's just a vehicle, isn't it, really? But a lot of people do trade in currencies. But assets such as property and shares in trade, these are shares in traded companies. They're not shares that you know your, your friend might start up a company and, and sell you a few shares. These are shares in traded, listed companies that you can see on the stock market. Now, they would usually offer an income or in, in for shares, they would offer a dividend. Uh, property would offer rental income. Shares, they call them dividends. So for every share, they would uh, give... So much per year as a dividend. So if you buy a share for ten pounds, you you might get a fifty pence dis dividend every year. Uh, it it can vary each year, but you know large blue chip companies uh, w- will give a regular dividend every year, regardless of profits. They will always offer their investors a dividend. Now investors are in the main institutional investors, large funds, and pension funds, and that sort of thing. So they they will offer a, a dividend, and you will get. Uh, the opportunity for capital growth in the long term so if you if you look at major shares or the stock market as a whole and you look back 10 years 20 years they would have tend to have gone up in in value over that period um, most of the companies anyway i mean obviously there are companies that um, can you know go off the radar from time to time and go down depending on you know how they are run and the type of business they're in um, and, and i'm thinking of companies That you you would see on the high street many years ago you know blockbuster and um, tower records and you know virgin stores you know you you see that you saw them everywhere now they're not there anymore Uh, but other shares have lasted through the long term and um, you know i'm not suggesting any particular market you should invest in but you need to understand them before you do Um, now other assets the so some assets will give you an income or dividend other assets such as Gold or silver held in their in natural state, like if you buy gold coins or gold bars, generally they don't offer an income in, as such. You know, they sit there and they might be a hedge against inflation. You might want to invest in a bit of gold because generally gold will go up in value if the stock market is falling. Or if there's any financial crisis, gold and silver will go up in value. Silver is used in uh, in, in industrial form as well. So there is there is a, a, a value there and you can see the value of, of gold there's a price for, for the trading of, of gold and silver so these are regulated um, types of investments where you know you, you can see the price it's not some you know cowboy land thing where you just buy something and you, you don't know the price of it you, you can't really sell it very quickly usually gold silver shares property you, you can generally sell it but my personal favor is property um first because it's as a tangible asset i can see it i can touch it you know it's there I, I understand it you know i can also borrow money or what you might call using leverage to to buy an investment property you know if you want to buy a property for and know, 200,000 pounds i can generally go out and find a bank that would lend me at least 150,000 uh, pounds to buy that property so i only need 50,000 pounds of my own money Or it could be somebody else's money on a joint venture to to buy a £200,000 property. And in the past, the rent that I would get from that property would pay the mortgage and give an income on top. So your income on top is really like, um, you know, a perpetual return on your money because the mortgage is going to be paid off over the years by the tenants. You know, you've managed to buy the property with very little of your own money and uh you know that property in general over the last thousand years has gone up in value land property you know they don't make much more of it nowadays so if you buy property in a reasonable sort of area um you know then generally i I found it to be a good investment now i don't invest in property in um you know wild west new territories uh, or speculation land I, i tend to buy property where i know it near a city centre where there's, where there's jobs or certainly in a city or around a city or a town where I know there's, there's jobs, there's an economy there and I know there is a demand for tenants. And, you know, millions of other people in the country have gone down this buy-to-let route. So that, that's my favourite uh, investment and over the years it's generally always made me money. You know, it might not have always gone up in value every year, but the rent's there because I buy the right stuff that has a demand for tenants and tenants need this service you're providing a service um, not every tenant wants to buy a property immediately not everyone can afford to buy a property immediately they might be just starting out in their career. Um, I get a lot of young people that are perhaps moving around to to get a job um, and they've moved away from their own town and they're now uh, they need a room or a studio or a little flat for the time being you know they don't stay there forever. And then they move on and eventually they'll buy their own place. But that, that's been uh, great. And over the years, I've enjoyed rental income as well as capital growth, although there's no guarantee of either in the future. But by using uh, leverage, and been able to borrow money. I've been able to buy properties using none of my own cash. I've been able to borrow the whole lot to buy a property. And, you know, within two, three years, I've been able to pay off parts of the loan. Um, I, I'm still making income on that through none of my own cash. So it's perpetual return. You might know, say, so what return are you getting on your money? What yield am I getting? Well, that's, that's difficult to, to work out because I haven't put any money in. So any rental income I'm getting is, is above and beyond any kind of yield. You know, Generally, what I mean by, what I mean by yield, if you bought a property for £100,000 and you were getting 10000 a year rent, which would be a very good yield, your yield would be 10%. Ten percent per annum, and the yield is a gross yield. It's it's the gross yield before any costs and and uh, tax and that sort of thing. But it's just your gross yield. So it's a rough guide. Um, at the moment in the UK, a lot of uh, ex- more expensive properties because they've gone up in value a lot near near town centres. You know, there's very small yields. It's below five percent. But if you go to other parts of the country, you might get a higher yield. You might get eight, ten percent, but perhaps not such good growth. On the stuff I've bought, where I put in very little money, the, the the return has been infinite, perpetual, and and brilliant really, because you know it just goes on and on and on, and I've, I've got my money back many many times over, or and I've got the money that other people have put put in, so I can use leverage. Now, I I can't use uh, leverage to buy shares. Banks generally won't lend you the money to go out and buy uh, shares in. Shell oil or BP if I said look I want to buy these shares are a good price You know, I want to buy a hundred thousand pounds worth of shares. Would you give me? uh, 75,000 pounds and take a charge on the shares and there we go now they won't do that Um, uh, And yeah, they might lend on shares, but they'd probably want to charge on your your house as well maybe a charge on your wife and children Uh, I don't know but uh, generally they won't do and I've had banks come in to me saying, why don't you invest in our, you know, super duper managed unit trust fund or managed pension fund? And I say, great, would you lend me the money to do that? And they say, no, well, why not? Well, uh, it's, it's not, uh, we wouldn't lend money because it's risky. You no, know, they won't lend the money, their own money on it because it's risky. But they're, invest- they're telling me to invest in it for my future. They're saying, put this money into this risky investment that they won't lend on themselves so but they will lend on a house they will lend if i want to buy a property or an office block or a or a pub and convert it to a house so that's why i particularly uh, like property and it's been very good for me over the years now are there any downsides to property well of course you know the property is not really a passive investment uh, and it's not as liquid as stocks and shares now first of all, on the passive side yes you can buy a property and get it fully managed by somebody um, but it's not just as simple as you know getting on the phone to a stockbroker or going online and buying a share in uh, you know whatever xyz company or opening up an account with hargreaves lansdowne and i can go online on my phone and buy and sell shares at the touch of a button no it's not it's not as easy as that you know you have to go and look for properties you have to go and look at them you have to go and view them you get them surveyed you've got legal costs Um, You've got to find tenants. Yes, you can appoint an agent, but not every agent does a good job. You know, the larger investors with with hundreds of uh, properties tend to set up their own uh, letting agents for just that reason, because a lot of letting agents, I'm sorry guys, but a lot of letting agents out there are incompetent. They don't even understand the rules themselves, and they certainly don't look after your property in the way that they would look after their own. However, there are a few good letting agents. If you find a good one, a good managing letting agent, then hang on to them. They're worth their weight in gold, just like a a good plumber is worth their weight in gold. Uh, So, you know, even where I've got properties managed at the moment, I still get a call at the weekend. I had a call over Easter weekend saying uh, the property, uh, the tenant in the property said that the boiler's broken down. And I'm away in India, so I can't do anything about it. What can you do? I said, "Well, I, it's Easter Saturday. What can I do on Easter Saturday?" In the end, after a bit of arm twisted, he got onto a, a plumber and, and we got it sorted out. But that was a disturbance I didn't need over a weekend where I was trying to relax. It, it gives you that tight feeling in, in my belly, in my gut. you know when, when I see his call comes through, I said, "Oh, what's wrong now? You know this, I get this tight feeling in my belly, just like when a, a tenant rings me up. On a friday night i get this tight feeling in my belly because they're not ringing up to say how are you hope you have a nice weekend they're ringing up to report a problem that they perhaps could have reported on thursday or wednesday when i could get hold of someone like a plumber or an electrician to fix it no they'll leave it to friday night and then you you know you've got to run around trying to get somebody to get off the backside at the weekend and generally british tradesmen will not do that Tradespeople, you know they're playing golf at the weekend or they're with their family so it's difficult. So property's not, buy, I don't find it a passive uh, investment. Many people do though. Many people, you know, buy properties up north almost on the phone and just leave it to somebody else. Uh, but, you know, you've, you've got to keep an eye on things. You've got to, you know, uh, check that they're they're not um, fiddling you and not overcharging you. Uh, I remember one uh, years ago getting a bill from, from a, a managing agent. Uh, they'd done some repairs on the property. And I think. It was a few hundred pounds worth of repairs. And uh, they, they said, well, we'll get our guy to do it. So we got, got the repair done. And then they sent me an invoice. And I looked at the invoice. You know, I think it was about £300. And then there was another page in in the envelope. And I, I, I looked at the second page. There was another invoice in there. But this was an invoice from the plumber to the agent. And that was for only £200. I, I think it was around about that figure. So... They'd, got, they'd paid a couple of hundred pounds to get the job done and just added on an arbitrary figure of a hundred pounds without telling me. But the idiot who, who processed it put two invoices in <laughs> and sent me both invoices. You know, needless to say, I don't use that company anymore. But, so you've got to keep an eye. So I don't find it a purely passive investment. The other thing, it's not as liquid as stocks and shares. Um, you know, with a share on, on a proper listed company or unit trust you can sell them immediately Um, now in some cases you need to sell them fast if the market is going down but in general you know you can get on the phone i can put on my phone here i can put in a sale uh, request for a share um, during working hours when the stock market is open i can sell that share immediately Um, you know with a property you can't do that you know it's you might be able to sell a property quickly but you know there's legals involved there's surveys there's You know, months sometimes of, um, you know, uh, hassle going on with chains and people are trying to sell before they can buy your property. Yes, you can go to an auction and sell, you know, on the the tap of a hammer, but you're not guaranteed to sell. And you may get a much lower price than you would sell in through an estate agent on the open market. So that's the couple of downsides on property. Um, A lot of people don't want the hassle of dealing with tenants and, and dealing with property. They would just rather... Put the money in something and then go go around the world cruising or whatever. But um, I'm prepared to take that bit of extra hassle because, you know, I think property has been a brilliant investment for me. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to properties in the next few years. Uh, The government have uh, started making things difficult for for buy-to-let landlords. And a report last week by the National Landlords Association said that many landlords are thinking about selling uh, to reduce debts because the government are reducing the tax benefits associated with borrowing money for, for private uh, investors borrowing in their own name. Uh, they've also taken away wear and tear allowance. But, I don't know, we'll have to see how things pan out. Uh, properties, like anything else, it's subject to supply and demand. So if there's no demand for tenants, you know, you could be stuck with it. It could be empty. So there, there, are, there are risks associated with properties. But I control those risks, and, and that's why I like it. My third rule... investment it's just to to assess the risks and potential rewards of any investment you know whether it's a share a property whatever and then you make an informed decision now if you can't do that don't just jump into it you know if you don't really understand it you can't control you don't you can't control the risks of it um and you know why why invest in it you know um and and if it's not an asset in particular then it's not really an investment you know gambling is is not an investment you know. Buying a lottery ticket or, you know, investing your money into something speculative like a spin of a wheel is not an investment. That's not an asset. So just think about that. Um, You can go into things in more detail in books. You know, you can read Warren Buffett's book. And Warren Buffett said that actually your greatest asset and your greatest investment is the investment you make in yourself. And he said this many times. You know, a young person leaving university has enormous earning potentials. They could earn millions over the next you know, 30 or 40 years. So it's important that you invest in yourself. And I see too many kids nowadays leaving school with, with few qualifications. Uh, you know, Kids b- brought up in the UK um, from you know, native British parents who uh, have been brought up on English that don't speak any other language and yet they can't really master their own language. They couldn't get a, a GCSE or an A-level in English because they don't really fully appreciate it. And that's English, let alone maths and the other essential skills. So I see too many kids uh, not coming into the workplace with the skills they need. And they're not equipped with the skills they need to make it in the real workplace. Then they have to start learning from scratch. Now, there are apprenticeships they can do and that sort of thing. So I would urge anybody to invest in themselves rather than sort of sitting around saying, well, there's no opportunity. There's nothing for me. I can't get a job. You know, go out and... Invest in yourself, improve yourself. You know, this means investing in your education, your personal development. Or it could be investing in a business. Now, one of my greatest investments has been in creating businesses from little or no capital whatsoever that have made over the years millions of pounds. And that's been a great investment for me. And, you know, you can see somebody like, um, I don't know, the guy who started up, Martin, what's his name, who started up Money Saving Expert. You know, he said his greatest investment was the £200 he spent setting up the Money Saving Expert website, um, which he then sold for several million pounds and it made him a fortune. So, you know, that was a good investment. You know, Jeff Bezos setting up Amazon by selling books from his garage, who's now one of the richest men in the world, you know, worth over £50 You know, you could say that that few hundred dollars was a pretty good investment. So... These are the things you invest in. Now, if you're going to do any form of investment, whether it's property shares, get get some education, get to know about it, read books or whatever. Um, I do have access to some complimentary tickets to property events where you can um, get a sort of a taster, uh, maybe a one or two day event, which will give you an overview of property investment. Well worth it. Uh, I've got complimentary tickets. There'll be no charge for you. Uh, And if you do want more information on that, just email me. Charles at charleskelly.net that's charles at charleskelly.net and I will uh, get some tickets sent to you for those events uh, using places like London or maybe another city around the country whatever but uh, I've been on these ones and they're, they're well worth it because no matter how much you think you know you don't know what you don't know and you know you can always learn something on these events so that's all for now I hope you have a great weekend I'll be with you in a day or so to give you the weekly roundup on uh, the financial news that's going on in the country and in the world this week. That's all for now. Have a great evening.